I'm can't. that excited. I'm about to shit in my hands and clap. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and sit down. Yeah, but you're trying to catch us out when you've seen it coming. No, I've just started to record it. It's not live. You wanted to go live, I'd go live on Facebook if you wanted to. Yeah, but you're trying to catch us out thinking that we don't know you're recording and then we see it come up on the screen. No, I just... So now we all go into good good humour and best behaviour. No, I don't want, I don't want that. I just want you to stay relaxed and, um, <clears throat> you know, just, just do what you do. If, if um, we're doing this at your place and you'll give me a massage, we'd be relaxed. I've got a massage bed just out there. It's a fold-up one. Yeah. How much is that worth? Uh, for the massage or the bed? <laughs> <laughs> the bed. We've been talking about buying a massage lounge that you get in the shopping centres for years. It's a, it's a $50 one. It's the one you just fold it out. It's just like a, it's like a fold-out massage bed. This ain't the beads on the back of a taxi driver's seat. Is that what you're trying <laughs> to call a massage bed? <laughs> no. Is this your line down the club? Yeah, and lights are about the ugly lights are just about to come on, and you're like, "Hey, come back to my place." What's that behind your head, Chris? Oh, that there is that that's that's a bed frame. Uh, we've got some <laughs> going in. We've got a box full of motorbike parts. There's all sorts of things you may or may not need. Your bed frame looks industrial. We'll just leave that one there, eh? No, that one broke. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to know how it broke. I guess I better say who's involved here. I, I was hoping to introduce everyone tonight as being. Three slow, three pro, but at the moment we've got three slow, two pro, which is uh, the usual crew, which is Burnsy and Scotty. We've also got Anthony Solar and Chris Perry joining us. Now, Chris and Anthony are both going over to Duersburg this year, and uh, I don't know if you guys are pumped, but I absolutely can't wait. I love watching Erzberg, and to see Aussies get over there this year is absolutely awesome. And uh, obviously, Wade Ibrahim's getting over there as well, and Adam Giles. Uh, yeah, so boys, how are you feeling about it all? I'm pretty pumped, that's for sure. I've been there, what, four times previously. So, um, you know, it'd be good to to get back and, and hopefully um, we have a good year this year. We're all, we're all been riding, you know, really well. So all four of us should be in for a good chance. So it's just mm. a matter of getting over there, getting everything organised and go and ride some motorbikes. But how about you, Anthony? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, it's sort of sunk in now, as I said, uh, pulling all my bike apart and getting new bits and, getting ready for stuff to take over. And, uh, yeah, I've never done it before, so I, I don't know what I'm in for, but, yeah, I've heard it's pretty gnarly. Sherco Factory, they're helping you out with a bike and maybe a mechanic. Is that right? Yeah, um, we're just um, – we're getting, what are we, 2023 model um, 300. Um, there's uh, Anthony and myself, and there's also an American guy, I believe, and they're going to help us out with a mechanic to share between us and – uh, access to tools and whatnot, so that's that's a really big help, especially at someone somewhere like Erzberg. You, know, you haven't got anything with you. You've got, you know, you rock up there in another country, and you know you take it for granted having your own van, your own tools, everything like you normally have back here. So that's a, that's a really big help. So um, so I think that's going to be um, you know a big thing for us. How's your fitness feeling? Uh, fitness is probably better than it's ever been. Um, Obviously, been getting as much time on the bike um, as I can leading up to it. Fitness is a, it's sort of a four-hour sprint more or less. So you've got to be able to, you know, sprint for four hours. Um, 
but it, rather than you know like a, a long endurance day like a Romaniac day that's more you know more based around endurance Erzberg's very much so a four-hour sprint so um you know fitness is important but you've 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 got a you, one wrong mistake and you know you can really put yourself back what type of atmosphere is it over there like with or or here in Australia most of the motorcycling community sat down and watched the Red Bull um, YouTube videos that go up and that and it seems like that's a pretty intense atmosphere over there and um, the crowd really getting on it. What's it like for you guys? Oh, it's huge. Um, like, Erzberg's, it's different to um, any other event. You know, you, you I've done them as an Erzberg, um, Hickspan in Spain, Basita Sky in Turkey and Romaniacs and each one's different from the next. And Erzberg's um, in the middle of, you know, an iron ore mine, as you see on the footage and that, and you get just so many spectators piling in. Um, you know, you've got 1,500-plus riders there all competing, you know, to get in that top 500 qualifying position, which, you know, it's a really cool vibe. You know, out of that 500 that qualify, you've got maybe 200 of them that can actually ride fairly decent. The rest of them are just there for a good laugh and a few too many beers. Um, the pits is really crazy. The pits are spread out all throughout the mine and there's just people camping in tents and buddy under quick shades and in vans and motorhomes and everything and it's just always a party everywhere you walk. Um, and the vibe's crazy. On the main event day, they have something crazy happen. Like there'll be skydivers coming in. A few years back when it flooded, they had jet skis on the start line and, you know, there's there's um, they have all sorts of acrobatics or they have a Dakar bike or a Dakar car there. Anything to do with Red Bull is just massive. So the vibe's just crazy. There's a huge party the night before the event, um, which is if you want to go in there and party, it's a trap because you won't leave until you're absolutely sideways. Um, but it's it's a really cool vibe. All the fans get around it. You've got all the factory teams and you get to go and talk to them and hang out with all them. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really one-off event and it's such a cool place to go. And um, on the lead-up to the main race, they have other events like the hill climbs and that. Did you bother getting involved with any of them? Yeah, so I did um, uh, the hill climb. So the, the Rocket Rock is, is their hill climb event there. It's only a, a short sprint around, say, 30 seconds or so, roughly 40 seconds maybe for a sprint up the hill climb and they have qualifications um, on the on the first day we're in there. They have qualifications in the morning and qualifications in the afternoon and then they have a series of finals. I done it in 2016 and I got third in the hill climb event, um, which was my claim to fame. <laughs> I was pretty impressed with it. Um, but they have that and then the, the next day they have the prologue qualification day one, then prologue qualification day two and then the main event. So it's all spread out over four days. Uh, they have a couple other little like enduro crossings on some electric bikes and there's like so many little activities and bits and pieces going on. There's just entertainment wherever you look. Anthony, what about you? Um, we all just, you know, dream about going there so we watch everything you can on YouTube and that. Are you doing that? Are you like doing your own coaching at home by watching as many videos as you can? I reckon I've watched like the full like Erzberg Pretty much everything from every year, pretty much. I've yeah. gone through. I've just started off with, like, 2016 and watched everything I can, then start YouTube in 2017 and then 2018 and um, trying to get, you know, the most out of, you know, trying to get an idea of what I have to do and trying to get bikes set up and watching how they ride the terrain and just trying to pick up on some little things. Um, but it's very hard watching it on YouTube. It's always, you know, watching videos is always different to, you know, what it's actually like in real life. Yeah, but it'll be getting you hyped up. You're starting to get excited for it by now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm peaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was just sitting here the other day on Amazon and I come across a, um, a movie about it 
from 2012 and just started watching it. My 10-year-old walked in and was watching it with me and it's amazing you watch something from, sorry? Not Man and Machine. I don't know what it was called, but it was was a good, like, nearly two-hour-long movie about the whole race, more like a documentary of the race. And um, it's really funny you watch a, a movie from 10 years ago and knowing what you know now, what those writers were sort of going through back then and now how much they have improved. So the writers that were battling, you know, for the top 10 places are now, you know, dominating in the top three places. So it's, it's really cool to see how much writers have improved over the years. Yeah, definitely. But like the riders have improved, and like you can see, you can watch it over the years how much the tracks of the track difficulties actually ramped up. Like they're ramping it up each year, and each year the riders are stepping up to you know bring themselves up to that level. And then yeah, it's just it's getting out of control at the minute. Like I think I think at the moment they're really pushing the limit of um, what's possible and what you can and can't do. You talk about the track difficulty, like Carl's Diner. I think Rob Owak done it. Um... Uh, maybe a year or two prior to I went first went there in 2015. I think he went there maybe 2013 or something, and and then so I done 15 and 16, and then 18 and 19. And Carl's Diner has tripled in length just through the years that I've been there. But now they've got the new format in uh, no help section. You know, for, to the public, it used to be help zones up to checkpoint 10 machine, and they would have spectators in there with ropes or teams or crews in there. Now it's it's only riders can help riders, which I think is really going to be interesting this year and level the playing field. So it'd be interesting to see if they still have the same sections in there, um, whether the difficulty has gone up or whether it's dropped back slightly or, or how they go about it having no help sections in there and how that's going to affect the traffic from them first. And then early on stages, when you know, you've got possibly up to 200 riders in one particular area, how bad the traffic builds up. And that was the reason for the ropes in the past was to get everyone moving. One of the biggest things is um, is preparation, really. Like, you know, just um, having everything organised as much as you possibly can before you go there. You know, like I've been doing some suspension testing with Chad's off-road setups, you know, just trying to just trying to fine-tune the suspension to suit, you know, what we're doing to make, you know, any advantage that we can there mechanically. Having the bike set up, um, having everything organised before we go there rather than getting there last minute quickly trying to rush stuff, you know, you just... Your, two, your mind's just a bit frantic and there's enough pressure. And the track's hard enough as it is without your mind elsewhere thinking, shit, have I, had, have I prepared the bike? Have I, have I missed something? You know, do, should have I done something else? So I think that's the biggest thing is just preparation. Um, obviously fitness, um, you know, eating well, staying away from the party tent the night before. I think that's a very, very key one. So, um, you know, I think they're all going to hopefully play a factor together. Yeah, so, mate. When you do get timed out and you realise that's where your race finishes, how does it affect you? Do you come down on yourself or are you like, that's my achievement, I've done pretty good? Um, pretty Normally pretty buggered. When the um, when when that, you can hear the siren, there's a big siren that goes and it echoes throughout the whole mine and um, generally you're looking at your handlebars and you're like, yeah, four hours, is any minute now, you, you know when the four hours is up um, and you're buggered and you're like, you know what, I'm buggered, I'm, I've had enough for the day, that's, that's me done. But, um, you know, you always think back in the days after it and you think, you know, like, geez, what if I had done this? What if I had done that? And you just, you know, you think of a million different things that you could have changed or that you should have done better. And um, it's, I just got to a point, you know, I was a bit frustrated. I was like, you know what, I've never really given myself a proper chance at it, so why not be as prepared as I can and go back and, and have a serious, serious crack at it, you know, and not be going home 
wondering what perhaps could have I done differently. Just on your bike setup, Chris, and, and you too, Anthony, talk us through that. What, what changes have you made to your bike, like tyres, mooses, bash plates, pipes, or anything like that? Besides suspension, you mentioned chads, but what else do you do to the bikes? Me personally, um, I try and keep everything as simple as possible. It's just little stuff like, you know, um, radiator protection, like I've got the um, force accessories, radiator guards. I've, I've always ran them and I zip tie, you know, some spare levers in, in the radiator guards themselves, you know, brake and clutch lever, gear lever, rear brake lever, whatever you can fit on the bike, you know, put a few cable ties on the bike. You never know when you might need them. Just little bits and pieces, just trying to um, make it a bit um, bit stronger. And I'm running, you know, heavy duty, like the S3 chain guide is a perfect example. Like I've, I've derailed my chain a couple of times. So running that, it's, you know, definitely beefs it up. We've got a P-Tech case saver, you know, if the chain come does derail for whatever reason, it doesn't go through and take out your, your, your clutch slave cylinder. Just little things like that, along with the suspension and the engine tuning. I've been doing testing with two-stroke performance, the cylinder head, um, and, you know, and different programming for the ignition timing and the power valve, just trying to make make it work to suit my style and my technique. Mm. Um, and then all the basic stuff. So you're running, you know, mooses and hard enduro specific tyres and, and, and little things like that. You're trying to keep as, as much protected and that on the bike as you can. Carry a few tools under the seat, sometimes a honey sandwich if you need it. Um, and and you, you just so you just got to hop on the bike and ride it. You don't have to, you know, worry about any any stuff going wrong. What about you, Anthony? What changes do you make to the bike? Uh, I'm a bit the same. I try to keep it as stock as possible. I mean, they're pretty good out of the box. Like I think the like the biggest change is um, you know just the Chad suspension. Like he's just got some really good settings, and he's mm. got that bike really working um, as best it possibly can. Um, and then yeah, just. I think, yeah, the only changes really to, like, the motor is, like, everything's stock, the pipe stock. It's just that we put a fly or I put a flywheel weight in it, um, which gives it a bit more torque and it makes it a bit smoother. Mm. Um, yeah, run P-Tech protection, you know, rad guards, um, front and rear disc guard, uh, case saver, um, those sorts of things. Um, yeah, tyres, mooses, Midas tyres, mooses, just, like, we run them real soft. Um, with you know, we sort of run for Erzberg. Um, yeah, probably. I think I'm going to run a, a double green Terraforce. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, so run that. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, chain guide. I run the stock one. I don't seem to have a. I I, I quite like the stock one. Tuck it tucks away quite nice. Yep. Um, uh, seat cover. Uh, I pleated seat cover, so you know you're not really using your arms to keep yourself on the bike. You know it sort of locks you in on the bike, um, and you, yeah, it's a lot less fatiguing. You know being able to, yeah, yeah, you just don't have to pull yourself forward all the time. You can just sit there and be stuck to it. Especially if it's wet and muddy like Erzberg could be right at the start. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, if you're slipping off the start, if you're slipping off the back and using all the energy, just doing that basic stuff from the start, you're, you're doomed from the start. So. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Um, but um, bark buses or handguards, do you use wraparounds or not? Uh, I, I've always loved bark busters. Um, having short legs always crash a lot, but I've been pretty good lately. So I've sort of stopped running the bark busters and just started trying to use um, just the flags. Yep. The, what the bike come with, but I think for Erzberg, I think I'm going to run bark busters just because it takes away the risk of you, um, well, significantly lowers the risk of a perch or a lever. 
Um, it just protects your controls a lot more and it's very easy to crash at, you know, a place like Erzberg where it just, you know, rocks everywhere, especially in like Carl's Diner. What about you, Chris? Do you run handguards? Yeah, so I, I've um, run a mix of the two over the years, both, both just, the, just the open handguard and the full wrap. And I um, find the Barkbuster Jet Series to suit what I'm doing better because the edge of it's quite flat. So uh, whether if you if you drop the bike in in mud or you know want to lean the bike up against something, the flat edge on it is it's quite holds the bike quite firm and it stops it sinking into the mud. Whereas you've got uh, another option is the ergos. They wrap around quite nice and they're a little bit better in say tight trees. Mm. Um, but you know the, the, that rounded edge on it is just I don't really. I don't prefer it. You know, you try and lay the bike over mm-hmm. and the, it just sort of doesn't sit as nice as whereas the, the Jet Series ones. And the Jet Series ones have got softer plastic. So if you do stuff up and your hand slips off and you you, you punch right into that plastic, it's not going to cut your knuckles like the Ergos are a lot tougher. But the mm-hmm. Jet Series ones will just, the plastic will sort of fold out of the way. All that plastic will rip off if you get hung up on something bad enough. And um, I run a different mount on the top of the, um, the handlebar. So where the handlebar mounts down, um, you got the two sort of half points there. The, the bark buster then mounts into that, and then it, it braces it to that point. So it braces the whole controls, and it protects all your cables um, and levers and master cylinders a lot more. If you do have a crazy cartwheel or something, the chances are your controls are still going to be intact. Yeah. Um, but you know, it does add a lot of weight to the bike. To the bars, they're heavier. Uh, you know, and it's I prefer the feeling of the open handguards. You know, for off-road racing and, and stuff like that, it just feels a bit more open and a bit nicer. Um, but you know, yeah, it's just it depends what you're doing. For the hard enduro, I think the you you really need the the wraparound handguards if you're going to be dropping the bike a bit. You know. Yeah. Do you find it takes away the flex of the bars a little bit? Um, yeah, it does. It it it, it definitely does. If you notice the difference through the bars, like it feels different. Um, as I said, I prefer to have them to run them open with just like the, the plastic flag sort of thing, like it feels more comfortable. Mm. But hard enduro, I've, I've tried it a few times and always end up busting off a master cylinder or, or something something goes wrong. So I, I still prefer the full wraparounds for hard enduro just because of the extra protection it gives. And, you know, like I'm, I'm no Graham Java, so the bike does hit the ground occasionally. Um, so, oh, here he is. He's made it. <laughs> oh, I was over in the shed welding some stuff. I didn't even... Think about the times pissing down rain, trying to beat the rain, and then here we are, just raced inside. So all good, mate. Wait, wait, Abraham's just joined us. He's one of the three or one of the four, or he's going over to Erzberg as well. I was just been talking about bikes set up and, and all that sort of thing, Wade. And um, obviously, you three have been riding together a fair bit by the look of it. And how's all that training going? Yeah, it's all we've ridden. I've ridden with solo a couple of times. I wouldn't say it was a ride with solo. Push your bike around for two hours. <laughs> I've done a bit with Perry, which has been good. Uh, it's good because we're three different riders, so and we've all you know got three different styles. So it mm. is good. I think we learn a little bit off probably each other. You probably don't learn anything off me, but I learn off them. So that's a hard no. No, but no, it's good. It is. It is good um, riding with you know like-minded and sort of similar. Riders, it is good to you know push one another. So especially on the weekend when we had a bit of a ride, and it was yeah. obviously Perry got a different bike, but it was it was really good. Yeah, well, you're all you're all a very similar pace, aren't you? I mean, if you three are in three races together, you know, all, all three of you are really going to be in the top five, barring a mechanical failure or an injury. So you know, pace wise, you're all very close. Have you done Erzberg before, Wade? <laughs> yeah, I went over in 2018. That was my first time. I had no idea what to expect. I just 
well, I wasn't going to go and then I just sort of rocked up, hadn't done any riding and um, completely unprepared, had no idea what I was in for and then, yeah, mm. obviously went and did it and I've learned a lot so I'm really looking forward to getting back, um, you know, having a bit more experience now and obviously probably being a bit fitter and everything else. So, yeah, should be good. Talking about fitness, how is your ride fitness? Uh, look, it's not – I've probably – I've been the busiest I've ever been in my life with work, so I haven't done as much. I haven't really done anything other than just the ride, which is once a week or maybe twice a week. And that's yeah, – that's right. just – like, I, I, I do feel fit. Like, I definitely feel bike fit. But I could be a bit fitter, but, look, we just see how we go on the day. What what uh, what bike are you riding over there? Uh, I'm riding Perry's old <laughs> seventeen uh, EXE three hundred. So it's got nice. a bit of experience that bike. It's done. Um, I think it's done a few guys, Romaniacs, and everything else. So I'm going to ride that. So hopefully it doesn't fall apart. But we'll see. You, go. <laughs> you might just be able to sit on it. It might just take you around the course. It it's been there before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's no just way around the course. So it should be right. I'm going to take my own suspension. Um, which will, should make a lot of difference, especially the prologue. Um, yeah, that should be good. Uh, Chris, for your last four attempts uh, that you've been there, how, how far did you actually get? Do you remember? Yeah, so it was um, all all pretty much the exact same point. The track slowly got as it went on. I, I remember 2015, I only qualified on the second row. Like, you know, it was around 70th or 80th or something like that. Mm. Uh, actually... I've got it right here. <laughs> it's on my desk. 78, that was my qualification. Oh, there you go. 2015. Um, so that, I had. I didn't have a great start. I had a sort of crash straight away and then I got going and I got through Carl's Diner and that was it. I was, I was absolutely buggered. I was wrecked after that. I had nothing left in me. I finished around 38th or something and I think, oh, where was where was Rob Nowak? He was, he was somewhere there as well. He was just in front of me though. Like we were close but he was just got me and then, 2016, we both had a really great prologue and we both got in that top 50. Um, so it was a front row start. We had a good start. We had a really good ride. And then I just found a flow real early on and I was I, I got out in a, just, just riding really well, made some really smart moves. And I was in around about 15th or so coming into Carl's Diner and I was just a bit hyped up and, you know, a bit excited and, and I was starting to fatigue. I, I was riding beyond what my capabilities were considering as the fatigue was starting to set in and I made a small mistake and fell off a huge rock about the size of a bloody car and it landed on my tailbone, couldn't feel my legs and it's really rattled me. I, I thought I'd, I'd broken my back and then I sort of got going again and then had some painkillers and just was in all sorts of bloody drama and then slowly going along and then as one goes past, another rider goes past. It just really gets inside your head mm. and then, you know, Rob comes along and he goes past and, and, um, you know, I, I ended up, I finished, I think, 31st or something. Um, so, you know, so many guys went past. I got into Carl's Diner in about an hour 20, I think it was. Yeah, and right. a race done in Carl's Diner. The four hours was up by the time I got out the other side. So that's mm-hmm. how much time I spent in there. And I was just absolutely, you know, buggered from it. And then the next two years, I just didn't have a good run. And just, um, you know, I, I could only qualify on the second row. And um, so, same thing, get through Carl's Diner. I think I was finishing in around approximately 50th or you know, 40th or 50th, something like that for them two years in, in 18 and 19. And they added quite a lot more into the track there. So, um, you know, it's definitely it's definitely doable. Like that Carl's Diner, you know, a, a small mistake like that can happen to anyone. It just takes one mistake and you can damage yourself or damage the bike. Um, so, you know, that, the key thing is, is just is just 
ride your own race. Don't get caught up in it. You know, ride beyond your means. Like as far, go as fast as you can, but you know, you just don't want to be, you know, pushing too hard because one mistake and and you, you can be out completely. Do you, do you three have a plan to kind of ride together at Erzberg, or are you just going to go all out, or every man for himself? I don't think it's a typical plan yet, is there? But <laughs> if we're yeah, there. I don't think I don't think you really can ride together. Like I think like people try to do that at Romania. They go, oh, you know, we'll help each other. But you know, if you're like, you know, just you could be so similar racing at home, but like over there, it could be completely different. And like if you, you end up holding each other up or do whatever. I think. I think if you end up next to each other, I think yeah. you go right. Oh, let's help each other. But I don't think you're going to go. You know, plan to wait for someone or you know that sort of thing. The level of commitment and the time and the money and resources to get there, it's you're going to have to just go all out, aren't you? Really? Well, you sort of have to because if you're if you're waiting for everyone to catch up, and you know you don't know what's happened, they could have had a mechanical failure or whatever back there, and you know you're just can't really wait. I think. You know, we'll, I'll be going as, as quick as I possibly can and trying to have a clean run from the word go. But, you know, if we end up stuck in a section and here comes Anthony or Adam or Wade or whoever and go, right, oh, let's help each other through this section, then every man for himself get going again. You yeah. know, get and because guys out there are doing the same thing. They'll literally kick you off your bike or push you over to, to get you off the line so they can go. Like, that's literally what they'll do. They're just doggy dog crazy. Crazy. Hmm. I can't wait for this to happen. <laughs> I got some footage. I think I, I should have. I should have got the footage from the other year when this guy he just cut up and just got kicked off. He was into me. Like it's just it's full on. Like when you're in the in the moment there. It is. Yeah. Can, can you send that through to me, mate? I'll put I'll it up on. It. I'll, I'll try and get it. And yeah, I'll, I'll put it up on grassroots. I'll do a little bit of write up about the Aussies going to Erzberg, and I'll add that footage into it. I was going to ask the boys that have been there before. Like we we only ever see the footage from the helicopters and the big hills and stuff. You never see. What goes on inside? I've got like an hour of good footage, like of you know. Of, I, I think I started 69, so I was in the second row. But it, it just does give you a really good insight of what you probably wouldn't see usually. Yeah. It is good. There's a lot of comedies so, uh, inside them forestry sections that we don't see a lot of um, a lot of cooing and stuff and bottlenecks. Oh yeah, tapes, tapes. So as we've just been talking, I've actually opened up Google YouTube and I typed Chris Perry Erzberg, and I found a. An hour and four minute helmet cam. Is that yours, Chris? Chris has dropped out, Scotty. Oh, right. He'll be back well, in the minute. So I've just start, started watching this video. It's called Erzberg 2015. The helmet's on top of a camera. I've turned the sound off so it doesn't interrupt us. But I'm assuming we're riding with Chris right now. First row is away. So he's just about to take off in the second row. I'm, you know, 40, 50 seconds into it. So, yeah, there's a video out there of him riding if you want to go and look for it. Yeah, I'll have to check that out for sure. Anthony, what are you hoping to achieve there, mate? A top top 10, top 20? I don't care where I finish as long as I finish. That's the go. <laughs> yeah, it'd be unreal, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, it doesn't matter what position, I just I just want to finish it. What about you, Wade? Oh, look, I, I just, same again. I'd, I'd like to finish. I'd like to, I really want to get on the front row and just have a good start and at least try and get near the front of the race and get on Red Bull TV for a bit at the, with the leaders. That'd be cool. Well, <laughs> well, I think Ryan, Ryan's already pumping. He's talking to you blokes about this. I can't wait for this. So excited. I'm just Do you so think excited. with a bit of um, bit more of the hardcore racing we're thrown into the Australian race scene, you think you're a bit more prepared? Oh, 100%. Like, we were, I was speaking to Anthony and Chris on the weekend and we were, like, far out. You know, the level that's gone from not last year, the year before, say, like the tracks we're doing now as opposed to we were doing two years ago, 
you know, stuff we wouldn't even look at now it's a race and say, oh, yeah, we'll get up that, you know, and everyone sort of does it. So it's the, the level of intensity, of, you know, between the top guys is definitely, and the tracks have gotten a lot harder and everyone seems to be doing it easier. So, yeah, oh, Prepared. Like me and you had a gentle conversation when you were stuck on a rock at um, Kosciuszko there, and all I could think when you were stuck, you like you were blowing a poop valve, and you just wanted to get past it. But I'm just thinking, this is just training for that green green hell. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. As yeah, close yeah. as what we could m- make for you guys to have there, and yeah. and yeah. you know you're gonna struggle and fight and kick and shit in there. But when you get in that scenario in another race, you're gonna be like, well, I know I can get through this. I, oh, yeah. I soldier on. So it's good that we have sort of given you something to to use as a stepping stone to get ready for this stuff. No, it definitely is, especially like, you know, going and doing – it's all good to go and ride and, and train and do all that, but there's no no intensity other than having been in a race, you know. So that four hours of just, you know, just go, 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 go. At the start, you know, when Wildwood, they first had um, four-hour races, 2017 or 18, when everyone's like, oh, four hours. Now a four-hour race for anyone who's sort of half fit is is a walk in the park. So it just shows how far everyone has come and, you know, no one's scared of doing a four-hour race at all. It's it's good. Well, Chris is back on. Hey, mate, while you you just dropped out there, I was searching online and I searched Chris Perry Erzberg and I found an hour and four-minute helmet cam. So that's you? That would be probably 2015, I think it might be, probably the first attempt. So we're about three and a half minutes into the video. It looks like you're just about to leave the start line and to your right there's a guy with feathers in his helmet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some, of, some of the things you should see on that start line, there's guys with feathers in their helmet, there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on. It's a, it's a bit of a – that's what I mean. So most of the guys are there fairly seriously. Some of the guys are there just for a good laugh and a good time and a few too many beers. All right, at three minutes 50, you've taken off. You've hit the start. It's getting chaotic straight away. You're going to so, see a big crash in a minute. <laughs> mate, I wish I knew this this uh, video existed a couple of years ago. I would have watched this for sure. There's a crash on that very so, first hill. I went up and in the dust, I couldn't see. I nearly ran into a guy and then a guy ran directly into my back and bloody knocked me and the bike down and you just hear me carrying on about it. So, yeah, yeah. Four, four minutes 15, yeah, that's just happened. You're on yeah. the ground. <laughs> Hate and love. I had another, I had another hey. famous one, but it, I don't think it's on camera. It may be on camera. I'm not sure where the footage is. I think it was 2000 and perhaps 2018. I went down on the start line. Yeah, I've, got, I've got the video on my Instagram. Have you? Have you? Yeah, well, yeah, I was, my, I was coming in. I got tangled handlebars with this guy and we couldn't get untangled and I just lost my front wheel and just went down hard. And then I thought, oh, yes, I haven't been hit. Next minute, whack, someone just ran straight into me and I just went bloody flying. It tore me to shreds and I couldn't feel my arm. I thought my arm was missing and uh, it wasn't a great start. <laughs> so you've been fully paralysed at Erzberg and have an arm torn off. Oh, it's been it's been one thing or the next. That's what I mean. Like the, anything can happen there. Like seriously, it's one of them events you've just got to, you know, do as much as you can and then hopefully something crazy doesn't happen. And for, any, for anybody who's listening to this podcast later on, um, Check out Chris Perry or Wade or Solar's Instagram stories. There's lots of stuff being posted up on there. It's a best place to follow you blokes, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so. definitely. Yep, there'll be some Especially Perry with his lunchtime quiz. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he with his lunchtime crab sushi. Oh, I won't talk about that. I'm still, I'm still coming good. That was a week and a half ago, and I'm still not right from that. I'll be trying to put on my story throughout the event. I'm going to stop a couple of times and take a quick snap just to update the story. I don't want anyone feeling left out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Uh, I'll just wrap there's a the enduro skin pants on, so I'll be wearing them with a the pocket on the side, so I'll be able to get <laughs> <laughs> pocket's handy, that's, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Just don't fill it up with rice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about sponsors, fellas? Who, who's helping you guys out? Wait, Wade, who's helping you out? Um, I think uh, my back pocket. <laughs> Simple solutions, isn't it? And uh, no, you like that on your shirt there. That Enduro skin brand, he gives me some clothes to wear, and uh, that's about as far as it goes for me. Fully self-funded, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a nice yeah. one. Well done. What about you, Anthony? Uh, Chad's off-road setups, uh, Pod, Midas, uh, uh, Enduro Hog protection, uh, P-Tech protection, uh, A-Star. A-Star's good. They've got some good quality gear that um, is real good for racing. Nice and vented. Yeah. Lightweight. It's good. Uh, Sherco 300 SE factory. There we go. <laughs> Where are you, Chris? Um, I've, I've had quite a few people helping me out um, in the past sort of year or so, getting everything back on track and back to racing. Um, Derek Grundy from Sherco Australia, he's been really, really helpful, you know, getting spare parts for the bike, organising um, the bikes over there for us and everything like that. So that's been a really big help. Um, Chad Talbot from Chad's Off-Road Setups have been in on lots of testing. Just trying to, um, you know, find a setting that's going to work well um, for all the hard enduro stuff that we've been doing. Um, so that's a really big one. Also, Monza, Monza Imports with the um, with the Alpine Star gear. The, the gear is really, really good. Um, the Alpine Star boots, um, the whole the whole kit, and uh, along with the Oakley goggles. I'm re-running the 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 air brakes, but the mountain bike air brakes. So they've got like mesh. Uh, along the top and underneath where it's normally foam just helps it vent and I get really hot, you know, pushing hard in an event like this. It's I'm going to be sweating a fair bit, so it just helps with the um, with the airflow on that. Um, also, um, I've got force accessories for the radiator guards. We've got um, the P-Tech um, chain case saver on there. Pod Active, that's another one, Pod Knee Braces. Um, I've been running them for years, the carbon knee braces, uh, for this, you should see the scratches and that that they get after an event like Erzberg with them big rocks. You know, one slip and your knees into a rock or whatever. Um, you've really got to run some some good knee protection, especially at an event like this. Who, who do you reckon? Well, a big question. Who do you reckon will win Erzberg this year? That's a tough one. It could be anyone, really. Like they're all Man. they're all up there. Look at Jarvis. When Jarvis comes back after all that time off and gets third. And his first race. It, it, he's, he's experienced. He's very experienced. He's been there, how many times was it? Three times was he disqualified or something like that before he actually, you know, got to actually get a win or something mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, he's just experienced. He's, he's the smartest. He's definitely not the fittest and strongest guy out there, but he's up there on the podium consistently every time because of his knowledge, you know. They've got a lot of young blokes. Manny, they've got Johnny Walker, you've got Billy Bolt, you've got a whole list of other guys there. You know, you've got your Mario Roman, Buddy Wade Young, you know, all them guys that have been there, they're experienced. Any one of them can be up there for a win. It's just a matter of who gets it right on the day. Like any one of them, them top 10 could be a winner. Yeah. When you're over there and you see those guys, are you sort of side eyeing them going, what are you up to? What are you doing? What what, what are you doing that I could could be doing? I I do. I I have a look and see what they're doing. But, you know, I'm like, you know what? They're just, they're the same as the rest of us. They're just, they're guys that love riding bikes and they're there to ride. 
So, you know, you have a look at their setup and you try and go, what's he using as a tyre? You know, what suspension has he got? How about his seat cover? Has he got a tall seat? Has he got a short seat? Has he got handguards? Has he got this? Has he got that? You know, little things like that to see what they're doing. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting to see the different setups because there's so many different manufacturers of bikes and, you know, some riders are tall, some are bloody short. You know, you've, you've got everything there and they're all... All, all, all got their own little custom things, what they do, and they're all little rituals and they're little things that they do before the event. Yeah, so I, I, I feel like I would be if I was walking through the pits and I saw Billy's marquee, I'd sort of be hovering around it on the outside just going, oh, what's he doing? What, what warm-up is he? Is his routine? What, what bike setup is he doing? I, I'd be trying to get every little bit of info I could get out of every person that was around me made the most out of that trip, you know. It's not something that we can just drive down the road and go and do. It's a cross, cross the planet and a lot of effort involved. So, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd want to get. Who's your pick, Wade? Who do, you, who do you think will take it out or maybe get in the top three at least? I reckon definitely Manny. He's, he's yeah, he's a pretty good rider. And he's obviously come back off injury, got wins straight away. And he's yeah. pretty experienced there. So, yeah. Are you Anthony? I reckon in no specific order, uh, Manny... Mario or Jarvis? Yeah, right. no bolt, no bolt. What's going to happen? What's going to happen with Billy? Oh, you I don't know about that. Good history with Erzberg. <laughs> <laughs> Finishes it. He hasn't had a great result there, has he? No. Nah. He's a fast rider. I, I remember seeing him. It was 2016, I think it was. That's right, because I, I was I was on the front row and he qualified on the the second row, and I seen this bike come flying past. And I was like, who the bloody hell is that guy? He's either going to go really well or he's going to crash out. And I'm like, how is someone so good not qualified better than – like he just was flying through this section. It was an early on section too. And um, sure enough, that was Billy Bolt. And, you know, he's a quick he's, – he's got the intensity, he's got the skills and all that, but maybe he hasn't quite got the same experience as some of the other guys there have just to keep it all together. But that was I think, 2016, you know, was it, Chris? What's that, sorry? Did you say that was 2016? I think it was 2016. I'm sure it was. Yeah. That was his first I, I think Billy had only just started to get some help off KTM then. Yep. It was on a KTM and that was his very first event. He'd been mm-hmm. doing trials and that was his first one. And I remember the bike coming through on KTM. I was like, who is that? That He is a nutcase. But he, I was expecting for him to – I was thinking, oh, he's going to crash any moment now. And he got through this big rock section. And I was like, who the hell was that? And then sure enough, that was Billy Bolt. Yeah, he's definitely matured, though, over the last couple of years. You watch him at a race, he, he'll pull up and take his helmet off. He's generally got a smile on his face now, and he seems pretty calm and relaxed. A couple of years ago, he'd pull up, he'd be dripping with sweat, and he'd have a look of yeah. frustration on him. So yeah. his, his attitude has definitely changed. There's no doubt about that. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it goes. Mm. Well, no one's been there for, what, a couple of years now. We haven't raced right. in Osberg, so anything can happen. Yeah, true. Valid point. I'd like to make this interesting. Let's put a wager on it. What, what we can do. Somebody's got to change somebody else's tyre for the win. I, I'm going Billy Bolt for the win. How about we put a wager, how about we put a wager on which, which one of us four Aussies is going to be the highest ranked? Oh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> we, can't, we can't do it live on air. How can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. That, that's the real, that's the we real can do a wager I on want the- to know. On the prologue and the and the event, who's going to prologue highest? Who's going to? Oh, shit, I don't know. I think it's, it's oh, it could be anyone. Could just, who's been prologuing not... the best out of you guys in our races? Who's got the best results? I know Ruben's a bit of a dark horse on the prologue, but yeah, out of you yeah. guys, where you've been coming? 
No, you were second that one, weren't you, Wade? Every single time. <laughs> I, never get the win. I, I, I think I'll be pushing as hard as I can, but I, I feel like it's, I don't care what the number is as long as it's in top fifty. If it's if it's top yeah. fifty, I couldn't I couldn't care what the number is. That's all that matters. So I'm going to go as quick as I possibly can without the risk of a major off, and just hope that's enough for that for that front fifty. And then in the main event, it's going to be all oh, hell. Just go for it. So it's top We definitely need to study. I think we'll be once we they release the prologue track. We need to definitely watch the YouTube um, video of it and try yeah. to track a bit more. I, I made the mistake of not doing that a few years yeah. ago. You come over a crest and you go on 130, and you think it's a corner and it's a crest. So you yeah. slow right, you lose all your yeah. speed. You do that a couple of times. There's your 15 seconds, which I think I missed out the top front row by I think 10 or 12 seconds. It's yeah, right. such a small margin. It is really 15 oh. seconds. Is, is not is, much over 13 minutes. So you know we're only just out. Yeah. 69th. So if we can just sort of memorise the track a little bit more, watch it a few times, even hire an e-bike, go and ride the prologue. Um, I think we'll be trying to take those steps. Yeah. And do anything we can to better ourselves. Mm, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think that might be the trick there. The guys that are ahead of years are doing it over and over and over. Yeah. 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 So, Craig, we're going to put you on the spot, mate. Who do you reckon is going to get the prologue win out of the four Aussies? Uh, I'd say, like, the the most aggressive ride that I've seen would be Perry going up some of them hills and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Not very good to do on put me on a spot, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like the hills, but I think I think that flat stuff. I don't know. I reckon Wade might have me on that. I reckon. Right. I reckon. I reckon he might. He might have just the edge on that fast flat what, out what stuff. Do you I don't think know. Though, compared to like you know, I don't know any other race you guys might, but any other race that's got such a massive difference between the format of the prologue and the race. Like they're all. If it's a hard enduro race, it's a hard enduro prologue. Apart yeah. from Oldberg, is 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 that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, it's just an absolute. It's it's, it's ridiculous. Good. I hate it. <laughs> it makes that big gap, so not just you know any old someone can come. It's like it really yeah. creates a fight. It's good. Well, yeah. if you look at it this way, if you look at it this way, Burns, if you have a hard enduro prologue, you'd have to be there for a month to mm. get everyone through it. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, true. Mm. I think it was the 2019 Red Bull video that I watched the other day. Um, the guy that got first in the prologue was doing on like an RM 450. And he also won the hill climb catalog as well, uh, that, category that as well. Aussie Risinger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but never heard of him in the race. He didn't get one mention in the race himself. So. He does race, does he? I think, um, I think two or three, then that's it. You get a few people yeah, so, that go there just for the hill climb glory and the prologue glory, and that, that's all they're really interested in. And they might start the main event race to checkpoint three and then go, oh, whatever, let's have a beer. Yeah, we got Matthias Walker won it, didn't he? That last year, and yeah. pretty much you can put money on Paul Taras being like, well, yeah, top. Paul Taras on that big bike. That's a bit crazy, isn't it? Yeah, going to they... win Prolog surely on that thing, and then he'll put, might not get. Well, who knows how far he gets? He surprises everyone, doesn't he? How far he gets on that big bike, but there's some tough sections. That big bike, the weight of that, I think, is going to be really difficult in for Cuckoo's Nest. One of the sections there, it's like roots. And it can be quite slippery if it rains in the dry. I think you'll be okay, but if that rains in there, um, you've there's no there's no way you'll he'll be able to ride that section. He's going to have to push the bike, and with the tree roots that are in there, that is just going to be absolute hell. Sometimes when I watch the the pre race, don't you show the um, prologue and these guys doing it on modified road bikes and the big thousand cc adventure bikes and that? 
if and they qualify in the 500, you sort of think it's a bit of a pain because they're taking up a spot that somebody else could be really using. No, no, really. Really, because if you're serious about it, you're going for a top 50 or a top 100, aren't you? Any, anything, anything you know that's qualifying in the 200th or 300th or 400th or whatever, like you know, look at how many people make it to the halfway point. You know, not not a lot of people even. So, you know, if you've been serious, you're in that top 50, and it doesn't really affect anyone that's really that's going there to go for it. You know, you look at 20 finishers. And then you've got a fifteen hundred other who knows wherever they've placed. You've never heard of them. Do you reckon there might be a few people to actually sneak onto the race after it started? Twenty eighteen when I was there, um, Bus I was sixty nine, so I was second row. There's numbers like number three hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty, stuff yeah. like that. Snuck out in front of me and just started on the front row and yeah. no one the talk. Everyone there walked past. No one said anything. These people just went off in the front row. And yeah, no some one... people, they jumped the start. They'll just launch from a couple of lines back and just take off and just go with the crowd and who cares? Like, who's going to disqualify them? No one, no one knows who yeah. they are. They obviously didn't win it, you know. Like, they just want to, I don't know what they're thinking, but no one cares really. Yeah, I've done Pony Expresses and cross-country races here in Australia and watch guys do that. So, if it's happening here, it's definitely going to happen over there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. We had one year, the, line whole, the whole line crept forward, the whole second line. <laughs> sitting on the star line there and we're just creeping forward and creeping forward and creeping forward. And we must have been 50 metres away from where we're supposed to be, the whole complete line before the flag went. And then we all, I'm just looking around going, what the hell are we doing? We're riding at walking pace and that's how quick we were moving. Didn't he throw the flag on the ground and refuse to pick it up until he's all stopped? Oh, one of them? It's, it's the one 18 or 19 or something? You don't know. Yeah, sometimes he throws the flag up and sometimes he throws, throws up or down. down. You, know. <laughs> you don't know when you've got to go. you just got to guess. And if someone flinches, you all just go. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just don't – you have no idea. You're that nervous. You don't know if you need to – You're looking around. You know, just yourself. What are you going to do? All you can see, you're sitting in the bottom of the pit. All you can see is a perimeter around of people. Like you cannot see anything else. There's that many eyes on you. You just go, oh, and it's so much. There's like thirty, forty thousand spectators or something crazy like that. You just look around the whole, the whole thing. It's just people looking over the edge. That's all it is. People. After you've been sitting down in the hot sun with all the riders and everyone's lounging around, getting just about heat stroke. Sitting down for two hours. So that roost from that first puddle must feel all right if you're heat stroked. Um, You don't don't feel anything there. (laughs) You don't want. You get wet gloves, wet shit all over you, and then you get smashed with rocks and dust, and you just like. What the hell? Sounds like fun. Oh, look, I wish you blokes all luck, in, including Adam Giles. I, I, think, I think Adam's in for a fair shot as well to uh, to maybe you know, be up there with the prologue. Obviously, he's a super fast rider in the Nopus stuff. Yeah, definitely. He's been there before. He's done it in – has he done it once or twice? I, can't, I don't remember now, but he's definitely been over there before. So, you know, he's, 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 he should have a fair idea. And obviously, look at the results, you know, in the – in the grassroots rounds, like we're all, you know, very close to each other. So, you know, I think if we can, if we can all get a start on that top 50, that'll be great. And surely one of us has got to be in for a good chance to get to the finish in a reasonable time. Don't we? I reckon, I reckon so. <laughs> Someone. I don't care about you blokes, but I'm going for the finish. <laughs> I'll plan on running a GoPro for the, for the main event, um, as well as the, prologue and the and the hill climb event and and also making a bit of a vlog so like 
the flight over, getting the bikes prepared, all that, because everyone's sort of asked, what do you do? How do you get your bike set up? How, you know, what goes on behind the scenes? So that's going to go up. I'm going to, um, haven't really done much with my YouTube, but I'm going to put that on my YouTube channel and put, share a link to social media just so everyone can see what's going on behind the scenes. And, you know, hopefully we have a good finish over there and, and we can have a few beers after it and have a good story to tell for years to come. Yeah, bloody hell. Right. It's going to be great to document that, that's for sure. Mm. Right. If you need a, a spare GoPro to send take over, let me know. I'll send one to you. I'd like to make sure you get all this footage too and not have an excuse because something broke. But, um, or even you, Wade, if you have a little bit. I think it's an older one. I don't know. Maybe I probably should get it. Yeah. I think we need right. to get, right. get the lime green spewing machine with yeah. a camera. You can catch, catch the footage <laughs> if I bin it on the start again. I'll be doing that. I'll be doing that. I don't yeah. know. What's the best, like, speaking of GoPros, what do you reckon the best mount is to have for this for running a chin. GoPro? I, I feel on the chin. I, I've mucked riff on the top of the helmet, on the chest. Yeah, yeah, it's I feel a, like on the chin. A, is it an FOM sanctioned event? Um, I, don't I believe it I don't is. Know. It must be it's part it of their series. But they it's, it's an FOM sanctioned event, which means you can't run one on the chin. It's part of the FOM series, On the chest. You can, you, can, you can get buy a chest plate for them and put them on the chest. Yeah, you can't okay. run them on a helmet? No. Right. Well, you got away with it. Do they run it on their shoulder? I thought I seen someone run it like there, but that could be wrong. No, that was a budgerigar. Oh, Oh, no, that was in a backpack. That was in a backpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an FAM rule or a Husqvarna KDM rule, Greg, the helmet thing. Say again? I don't know if that's an FAM rule or a Husqvarna KDM rule. It's it's an FIM rule, mate. Yeah. Yeah, they bought it in after Michael Schumacher had an accident. Um, with his skiing accident, and he had a helmet camera on his helmet, and a reporter actually said, oh, I wonder if the helmet camera contributed towards the accident. And just based on that comment, they decided to, to ban helmet cameras on helmets. Um, yeah. uh, it's actually it's been proven. That people have done some tests. Some, some company over, I think it might have been the United States, did some testing with the mount actually on a helmet, and they proved it actually adds... Um, a bit of safety because it helps distribute the load upon yeah. impact, the actual mount on the helmet. So the rules are a bit of bullshit, to be honest. It's stupid. But you're well, I've to... been running an under-the-peak system. Yeah. I tried that just to, yeah. so it doesn't get hooked on any of the branches. But mm. under the peak, it's a little bit bulky um, in the line of sight. It does affect your vision a little bit. I was going to try and see if I could get one of them sessions maybe a little bit smaller and see if I could tuck it up under there and sneak mm. a bit of footage that way or something, but I don't know. Well, I, put one, yep. I put one on the visor of my helmet the other day, and it, it works really, really well. It um, you can't see the peak at all, and it's, it captures the vision perfectly. Just just kind of the end of the garden, the trail in front, enough of the horizon. Um, so that works really well. But you know, if you're in thick bush, you're going to catch a vine. That's the only drama. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass in bushes. Yeah, go and yeah. buy the footage that you got on this 2015 one. I can tell you now. At the start, I could see the tip of your peak. And the camera was a bit low. It's that frustration of a low camera. Yeah. Well, at some stage you've hit something and the camera's quite high now, and it's yeah. actually perfect. Your footage is awesome, and you've just fallen off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Twenty six minutes old, on the dot. That was an old camera. That one, it's bloody real shaky, shaky lens. So it hasn't got the the, the any of the stabilization. But no, uh, probably won't even around there. Recently, but... that I've been trying with it under the peak, it worked quite well because there was no interference and you had a really good view. And it was away from anything hitting it. It's just 
the only problem was you you know when you're looking with you know you can't really yeah. see because the cameras there's a sort of a dark spot right in the middle of your eyes, and it's just a bit bit annoying. You've had an absolute shocker. You were on the ground, <laughs> oh, yes, dusting the yourself off. Right. Is that the one? Yeah. Was it down, yeah, downhill, down, downhill and then there's a sharp right turn. I remember that because I broke the top of my fuel cap off and fuel sprayed everywhere and I just got all scratched up and there's just dirt in my boots. It felt like 400 rocks. It was about three and I was just frustrated <laughs> ass. But there was a straight ledge yeah. off there. There was a straight drop off and you had to turn right and I was like, shit, I'm not ready for this. Well, you've actually stopped so something must have been pissing you off. Yeah, you're playing around with your bike. Yeah, I was having a look. I thought making sure nothing was missing off it. <laughs> I still remember that very clearly. After you all come back and you've all had a top ten finish, do you want to do you want to come back for a podcast again? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yes, definitely. Awesome. I'd love to talk. We might, we might be waiting for a while then. If we're all having a top ten finish, <laughs> hey, <laughs> we might need a podcast on the Saturday night at the party. We know that sounds like the place to be podcasting from. <laughs> I could get busy. Yeah, I'm going to go in and have a look around. I'm going to just have a, a good look around at the party and then turn around and leave because it's a yeah, bloody yeah. crap. It's an it sounds crap. to me that Chris can't qualify in the top um, grid of the race, but he can win the party the night before. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you end up shirtless with beer down the table doing a table slide within three minutes. Look, I'll tell you what, if that happens, you never know. It could happen. You just never know. <laughs> it's happening. It's going to happen. <laughs> Oh, boys, thank you so much for joining us. And, um, yeah, I'm, I've said it before, I'm so excited for, for all, all you guys and, and Adam who couldn't join us tonight. But um, I, oh, all, all the best. It's, it's really, really exciting to see you three get over there. And, yeah, all the best. Hopefully you do get the top ten, but, you know, doesn't matter. Um, get there, finish, and, mate, we'll all be cheering from Australia. There's no doubt our house will be up all night watching it. Mm. Best of luck to all of you. Yeah, can't, can't wait to get over there. When are you leaving? <laughs> Uh, Saturday. 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 We all leave, don't we? Saturday night. We fly out. <clears throat> Saturday morning. There, yeah, right. So you're, you're on the same plane together? No. Uh, no. no. Is anybody go. doubling up and going to Mount Morgan? Yeah, yeah we're, all, we're all doing we it. We all are. Yeah, you're all going to make yeah. it? That's awesome. We're, we're, we're going to straight back going, to Mount Morgan. We're going to Berlin for a couple of days, then we're going to Mount for Morgan. Two, two, <laughs> two, two nights just to have a look around. <laughs> yeah, just a look. Quick, quick uh, stop off at the – yeah, I can imagine. Oh, well, that, that's that's commitment going to Erzberg, racing back to Australia, and coming to Mount Morgan. Uh, good on you. I think I think that's probably what's the um, <laughs> the most stressful thing of it all is not only do we have to get a, a bike organised over there at Erzberg, but we've got to organise our ship before we go. So our bike's got to be ready to ship up to Mount Morgan. So we've got to organise two bikes. Yeah, you do, sir. And you got Sean <laughs> taking your bike up for you. Yeah, so Costerman's taking them up there. He's taking the bikes up, and then um, we we come in like superstars, rock stars, whatever you call it, to Rockhampton and go and race there and then fly back to Melbourne and there's two weeks of great memories. How long are you having like a day or two after the race up at Mount Morgan or are you going to get back to work? Or uh, I think I'll have a few beers at the pub on the Sunday night. It'd be rude not to. Yeah. And then fly back to Melbourne. Are you working, Perry, or not? You're not working, are you? <laughs> nah, no, I'm not going to work. No, I think I've got the day off. Yeah, right. There you go. I'm going to have a few beers at the pub Sunday night, probably – a couple more than we should have, but that's all right. Don't have to fly until Monday. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be racing straight back to, him, to your 400 employees, Wade? Oh, yeah. I'm not, not looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks of build-up, I don't know going to kill me, but anyway, it's worth it. 
Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, thanks heaps for joining us. And uh, like I said before, best of luck to you all. And yeah, we'll be cheering for you. Fit ride and stay safe and enjoy it. That's it. Thanks, Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Now that we've got rid of the pros, we can start telling the goss about what's going on up at Mount Morgan. Yes. Um, Craig, if you want to give us a bit of an update, what's, what's happening up there, mate? Oh, geez. Where do I start? I mean, yeah, how, about, spend- how about the weather? What are the conditions like? They get a fair bit of rain up there, haven't they? Yeah. So once again, I arrived there and it started raining um, as per normal. But it wasn't as bad as the race last year. So I was able to get out with a bit of a um, tow. Well, someone took my trailer out for me and I was able to cut a new road and take the sprinter out eventually. Um, but yeah, I spent another week up there. I mean, to be honest, the boys up there have been killing it. I've just been sort of going up there and changing a little few things and stuff. But um, yeah, them boys up there have been killing it, all the Rock, Rockhampton, Capricorn dirt bike riders and stuff. So yeah, it's looking good. I mean, because a lot of people didn't see it last year, we've kept it uh, quite similar, but added new sections. So the Prolo track um, is like a mini version of the of the race. It's eight k's. It's you know it's got everything the race has got: the creeks, the the rocks, the hills, um, the fast sections. So that should be good on the Saturday. Um, the junior track. So that that'll be Saturday afternoon. So everyone will ride the same prologue track, yep. juniors and all. And then uh, so Saturday afternoon would be the junior track, which is. We're the biggest one we've done so far, I think, with 15 Ks. Wow. 15, 16 Ks. Um, so it is the bronze track uh, cut off. So you, you pretty much do 13 of them 15 Ks will be the bronze track. So if they've definitely stepped up for the juniors. Yep. Um, nothing they can't handle, I don't think, from what we've seen so far with them little guys going around. You, you've, got um, a video, you've got a video up at um, Nate Schofield riding the uh, junior yeah. track. Yeah. Honestly, he did it. He did it with ease. There was one section there where he just had a couple of runs at it, but yeah, he did it with ease. He, he is a really good rider, but yeah, there was there was no trouble on the little um, KTM eighty five that he's got. Not with any of the rocks or the fuel range was fine and and all that was good. So um, yeah, the bronze track. That's you know, people probably don't know, but the bronze track is like the hardest one to cut. I think because just got to cater for big. Um, wide scope of people, you know, we got to cater for the fast riders and the good riders who are not quite ready for silver, but they can, you know, do a lot of bronze stuff. So we need to cater for them, give them a bit of a challenge and, and be able to do a couple of laps and then cater for the people who have just stepped up from Transmoto, you know, or some AORC stuff that that haven't done many rocks or creeks or or stuff like that before. So we've given them enough time, I think. It's a 35k lap. So, you know, with this, they got a seven hour limit to complete a lap. So I think my guess is the top 20%, I reckon, might get around for a second lap in bronze. And, and we're, going to, we're going to have a fuel fuel stop at some point yeah. the lap? Yeah, there's a fuel stop and a water stop halfway. So, um, yeah, same as last year, I guess. We bring your fuel and bring a six pack of water. And we'll put it in the trailer, take it over the other side of, of the uh, property, which is a fair distance away. Um, so, yeah, giving the giving the slow guys enough time to finish a lap in, in seven hours. Right. On, on Instagram, I received a question from Brett Irish. Um, he's asked what we can expect for prologue. So prologue's an all-natural terrain 
up at Mount Morgan, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's just, it is the beginning and the end of the racetrack. So it's it's just a mini version of the race. Eight case. Um, you'll get what are we doing? Four, was it an hour? Hour each class we do normally, yeah, or yeah, yeah, right. yeah. hour for bronze and for um for silver and the golds just get half an hour. So I think I I've never done a hot lap. But I think one of the boys did one in about twenty minutes, so it's decent. So you probably might get two laps in, I guess. Yeah, that is a decent, decent sort of size, twenty minutes. Yeah, it's, it's quite, it's, there's one little fast section towards the uh, back end of it, but it's mostly it's pretty slow. Um. Yeah. So, what's next? Silver class. So, silver. Honestly, I think it's going to be one of the toughest we've done. The it's, it's last year's track with a couple of new sections, and the new sections are up there. They're not. Um, they're not a sections where you've got to like help each other through. They're just relentless. You know, draining long creek sections or long switch switchback hills. So. I'd be, I don't want to say because of what happened last year, but I'd be so surprised if if someone comes around for a second lap of silver. Or if they do, they'd be right on the limit and, you know, it'd be a, <laughs> it'd be a tough decision to go out for another lap of that. Yeah, okay. It, Sounds it like a solid silver lap then. Yeah, there's a couple of good sections there. The one um, is called the Marcus Run and then on the Pickle Juice, which is just... Oh, I've, I've done it. I've done it once. And honestly, I don't want to do it again until the day I race. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still twitching about it. You might just take a vest and when you get to there, you can just put a vest on and call yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'll just call it a day. <laughs> I'll just sweep and take video footage at that point. What What about gold? What's changed for gold up there? So gold, I think, I think they may do it faster than last year because we've taken, we've taken out that, sort of help each other's own. They added the beginning of last year's loop. So I think they were in there for a fair bit of time. Yeah. So, well, we haven't taken it out. We've rerouted it. So it's it's not as not as hard. So I, I've rode it. So it can't be that hard. Um, so we've gone around that a little bit. But most of the tracks the same. And then they do a few extra sections as well. And just off the Marcus run is a section called Extra Nuggets, which is probably the hardest section, I think, for gold okay. in, in the whole lap. But I honestly think they might do it a bit quicker than last year. Yeah, right. Interesting. And for this year, I don't know if we mentioned this in the last podcast, um, we've got arrows for that say home on them. I think we may have spoken about this, but if riders are buggered or run out of time or have an issue with their bike or whatever, they can follow the home arrows and get back to camp pretty quickly and safely. Yes, that's right. All like pretty much the service roads that have been made or, or were already there zigzagging through the property. And um, you, you won't take you long to find one with a home arrow. Um, they look pretty similar, but they're a different color and they've got home written on them and just follow them. It could be a long way, though, just, you know, f- um, FYI, it could be upwards of a uh, 20, 25-minute ride, depending on which direction you go in yeah, on a service yeah. road um, and back to, back to the campground. And, and obviously, if you do that, make sure you go past the timing system is that right greg make sure you get timed off uh if they're going to turn if we're going to come back early no they don't need to get timed off they can just come they can come back and just let us know that they have returned that's, that's right they have to let you know yeah, yeah. they don't need to get timed off um and we, we're going to record record them manually if need be um i had a question also from juzzy 
8.09 on Instagram. Tyres recommend. What's the terrain up there like? What tyre would you recommend? Yeah, so, I mean, there was there's so much grip up there at the moment. I don't think it matters right now. The soil is perfect, loam. You can stop mid-hill and start again. Uh, there was I was running gummies up there. There was boys running normal tyres. Everyone, no one seemed to have a problem up there. But if you do run a gummy, um, you know, and, and it's a softer sidewall gummy, make sure that um, you run mooses because them rocks will, will rip your tyre to bits. And I, I think I popped the bead on the rim and uh, when I left, and, yeah, there was a massive slice in my tyre from the rocks up there that was brand new before I left. So, yeah, if you're going to run a soft gummy, make sure you run mooses because you will have a puncher. Um, if it dries out a bit... Who knows? You might want to go a harder compound, you know, if it's if it's that bulldust stuff. But I don't think it's going to dry out that much. Like I dug down the other day and it was pretty wet, like quite far down in the soil. Yeah. Okay. So you were you were running the um, the triple three X, the GT, were you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I run them. I just can't go away from them. They they just give so much rip, grip mm-hmm. on the rocks. You know, that's all I ride these days. Seems to be is rocks. And that's the other point I want to make. If you're gonna you know, the, the toughest sections of silver, like, a, you know, don't have to talk about gold. Them guys know what tires they run. But for the toughest sections of silver is the rocks. So, you know, you're going to want the gummy for that. And even if it's not as good outside in the mud, you, you, you'd be happy for it in the rocks, you know, so. Well, there's a hot tip. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run anything else up there, to be honest, but. I'm not a tyre professional by any stretch of the imagination. So. Uh, well, you're probably one of the most experienced riders up there now. You and, <laughs> you and Craig Harney. Yeah, yeah, I'm going back up there on Friday for another week. And your um, private jet? Yeah, yeah, I got up there on one of them little propeller things. Uh, <laughs> leave my, left the van up there. It's either an eight-hour drive home or an hour flight. So. Yeah, nice one. Uh, yeah, so that's good. Right. And also, it's good for you know Romania as well. Just to, even though I'm not racing every day up there, I'm still putting that gear on every day, still burning the calories, you know, marking whatever. So it's just good for good training for that. Building, well. building up the strength in the hands, the calluses are getting thicker. Yeah, yeah, I was filing them down today, so get some fresh ones on it next week. How are you feeling for Romaniacs? Oh, I think you know I'm doing the same calories. I'm doing bronze again. Um, I'm definitely a better rider than what I was three years ago. I probably could be better if if I if I did more, you know, gym or whatever. But nah, ain't no one got time for that. I just ride. <laughs> I just ride and cut tracks. I love it, and um, it's a bit of training, a bit of fitness in between, I guess. And how long do you fly up? How long do you fly up for a man? Oh, it's not till um, 20th of July, so it's a while yet. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Still a bit. Yeah, Unfortunately, there's only nine nine Aussies going out there. A lot of them dropped out, but now we're gonna have a good time and um awesome, awesome. Oh, I'm, I'm surprised. Bad. I'm surprised after that conversation we just had with those other three boys, he hasn't booked a ticket to Erzberg in the while the conversation was going on. <laughs> yeah, I know we should have. That got, would have got you a bit excited. I know. I was going to ask him actually because like it's funny you talk about that. I, the I've listened to all the pros and all that and when they get asked what's the one race to go to, you know, if you're an amateur or pro or whatever, and they always say Erzberg. And I think, like, there must be something about it. If they're all saying it, when you've got Romania, which you think is much better value for money because you're riding for, you know, 100K 
Ks a day for four days, you see more and you get to experience more. But must be something about the whole Erzberg thing that makes you know, yeah, the four day experience. Yeah. It goes on the party inside the tent. I, I know a few blokes who have been there before, and um, I won't name him because I haven't asked his permission today. But he's gone there. He's ridden, just gone and ridden somewhere. Gone, no, Looney, and goes back to the tent and sits there and drinks beers, enjoys the rest of the week. Yeah. No, I'll put it on the bucket list for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that covers Mount Morgan. Scotty, you ready for an update on Bathurst, mate? Bathurst is kicking off. Um, we've had a few uh, weekends up there, volunteers coming up and that, helping out. Um, sort of what Burnsy was saying about the – we'll start with what he was on what he was talking about. The prologue is done, made. I think our prologue is just a bit over 4Ks, maybe just a bit shy of 5 but it does have a large man-made section in it. Um, just had a, a young fellow up there on the weekend just gone with his excavator, and he's done some hard work on that. Um, yeah, that was, that was Angus. Thanks very much. Angus. That's Angus. Yeah, Angus was awesome, mate. He, he, um, there's not much I can do in the way of getting involved with manual labour with you know, my arm and that. So he just took off and went to town on it, and he's just done an amazing job. It looks awesome. Um so that's going to be really fun. I, I just can't wait to see the guys hitting that with a bit of pace and what they do with it. Um, and then the rest of it is natural. It, it's some rocky stuff. There's a hill climb in there, a couple of hill climbs in there. So that'll be a great thing to watch and uh, see how they yeah, times compare coming out of that. Um, the junior track is fo- fully done. It's had a test rider around it. And because um, I'm terrible with names, I can't remember his name either. I did ask his father if I could talk about him on the podcast and um, I'm absolutely hopeless. But, yeah, he, he done really well. He had a great time out there, um, done a lap in a, probably a couple of hours. It's 14 k's long, the junior track at Wattle Flat. Um, the bronze track is fully marked out as well. Um, I had a test rider go around it on Saturday and it's coming back as 18 Ks. Um, I reckon that's a bit too short, so we might add a bit more to that. Um, bit of a hard work trying to make it longer because of the way the property has been um, maintained over the years. They've uh, pushed fire breaks in and they're, they're making it hard for us to put lines through the property. So I might have to do a little bit of chainsaw work or something to open up a bit of a gap between some of the fire breaks, but that's nothing more than, you know, two or three metres of, of wood that we cut up and probably just get bundled up as firewood anyways. Um, and then that's it. We can stretch that out. I had some volunteers up there the other day. They're putting in silver lines now. So it'll be good to get in and check them later on when I've got fitness. Um, I actually went for a walk and marked out a, a gold track. Um, found an amazing hill climb. It's up a rocky, shaley. Um, it looks like a flight of stairs that are probably six storeys high and, they go straight up a sheer cliff and I, I marked it as a goal track and got to the top and looked back down and went, I don't know, maybe this is too hard. So I need a, a, a volunteer gold rider to go up and do that. And unfortunately, we don't have Ryan anymore. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do there. So I'll sort that out be, well before the race. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much where we are of that. Um, I'm heaps excited. I'm probably like Burnsies with the Mount Morgan track. That's his little... Um, baby up there and I'll take it over Waddle Flat so that's my one and uh, yeah keen to get the race on and 
see what happens. Yeah, you mentioned Ryan. Ryan, um, he had a little slip over the other day and he's torn all the ligaments and tendons in one of his ankles and that's up like a balloon. So he'll be out for quite some time while he recovers from that. All right, boys. See you up in Queensland. Will do. All right. Cheers, fellas. See ya.